Hey guys and girls, welcome to Guiding God's Girls podcast. Um, in case you guys can hear, it is raining right now. Um, and I'm here with my friend Elizabeth. We're both at YWAM in Jamaica, just on our missions trip, serving God. Um, and it rains a lot here, but in different areas of Jamaica, but it's tons of fun. So I thought... Why not just come and interview her on a topic, which I'm sure we're all very curious about, um, which is relationships. Because, you know, God has just shown her some of these cool insights. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I just wanted to capture it. Um, But yeah, this is Elizabeth. Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Elizabeth. Um, I am 20 years old from Pennsylvania. And so currently, just to give a little backstory, I've been dating for almost two and a half years. Woo-woo. So, woo! <laughs> yeah, definitely nowhere close to perfect in figuring everything out, but we've definitely learned a lot in our relationship over the past years and months, so. Yeah, what, what a flex, two and a half years, <laughs> oh wow, that's incredible. Um, yeah, so have you been to university or college, or what have you been up to since you graduated? So I graduated high school in 2021, in June. And ever since then, I've actually been a nanny for a family with four kids, and I absolutely love it. And I did that for about a year until I started YWAM. And here we are in YWAM for the past almost five months. Wow. Super cool. So, um... I was praying and I had a bunch of questions. So yeah, here we go. First question is, what is one thing in your life you struggled with a lot and how did you overcome it? Ooh, okay. Great question. So in thinking about it, a few things come to mind. Um, One, I sometimes have struggled with shame from my past. Another one I've thought of was also at times struggling with my thought life. And one more that I also thought of was um, the problems of going too far physically in my relationship. And I didn't know which one to share, but I realized um, all of those things that I've struggled with have had the same, like, solution. For me, I have found that accountability with friends is, like, the best solution out there for any problem. Like, Satan's best attempt to like keep us quiet and keep a grip on us is to think that we're alone and to think that no one else is going through it and just keeping that shame to ourselves and not like breaking free from it um so specifically with um, the problem of going too far physically in my relationship once i found a couple friends that i felt comfortable sharing it with it was so helpful to say hey can you help keep me accountable? Cause I'm really struggling with this. And they were so gracious and just understanding. And I want to just give people a piece of advice. Like if you are the friend that you're helping to keep someone accountable, really press in and ask questions. Like if someone said, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Keep me accountable. Check up on them and say, Hey, how are you doing with this? Or with like the physical problem, my friends would say, Hey, like, how has it been this past week? Or with your thought life, like, how are you doing? Can you expand more on what you mean your thought life? So thought life, over the past couple years, like, a big thing for me is not being content with the stage of life where I'm at. 
And so it's just thinking like, oh, thinking into the future of, oh, let me picture a marriage. Okay. And now I just spent too much time thinking about it. And it's like, it just goes too far. It's not just, oh, I want to be married. But now I'm like picturing things and not being content with where I'm at myself. Um, and so I think that was a big thing for me in a couple different areas. It was just, I never quite realized how much impact my thoughts have. And like what we think about is what drives us and what we do. And so just really trying to like clean up my thought life. Pe- people keeping me accountable was so helpful. And it really made me stop and think like, oh, what am I thinking in my everyday life? What thoughts consume me? So these friends that you had that were keeping you accountable, were they godly or ungodly people? Um, they are very godly women. They love the Lord. I reached out to them and they they were so understanding and gave me so much grace. Yet also they weren't afraid to check up on me and say the hard questions and be like, how are you doing? Um, but they really pushed me to be closer to the Lord because of the faith that they had. Wow, that's incredible. Um, Definitely something I need to be working on for sure, but just wow. All right, so not to get into the relationships aspect, um, what was the best and worst relationship advice you got told to you? Okay, so the best relationship advice I've ever been told uh, was probably from one of my uncles way before I even started dating, so I didn't like realize how important it would be until I actually got into a relationship. But when talking about boundaries, he once said, he was like, don't set a line for boundaries of like a line of how far you can go. Because if you do that, you'll try and get as close to that line as you can without crossing over. That's so good. (laughs) That's so good. And he said, instead, like outline just what you can or can't do just block it out like you can do this or you can't do this that way it's not like you're just trying to get so close to that line without overstepping it by just a millimeter and I never realized the extent to how like good that was until I started dating and I was like that is so true because just our human nature is just try and get as close to the line without breaking the rule Mm -hmm. and so in outlining okay this is the boundaries of what we can do or can't and can't do it made it a lot more clear for those situations. Yeah. For me personally, like, even you just talking about those lines, I definitely, like you said, you tend to get as close to those lines as possible mm-hmm. without breaking them. But, wow. And what about the worst advice that you got told? So, the worst advice, I think it came from a really good place, and that person really cares about me. Um, but his advice was to not do devotions together as a couple. And when I heard it, I was really confused. And I was like, what do you mean we can't do devotions together? Because in my mind, I like if you want your marriage to be like Christian and God centered, like I wanted to bring that into my relationship and start off dating. Mm-hmm. And like doing devotions together for me was such a good way to like bring the Lord into our relationship, get a conversation going about that. And so when I got this advice, I was just really confused. And talking with them more, I realized that the danger is the closer that you get spiritually with them, also the closer you can tend to be physically and emotionally. And so they wanted me to be careful by not getting too spiritually connected with them and so dependent on them that it was really like a shared faith and rather than just like my faith in the Lord, but also with them. And so I think 
the not doing devotions together, I think that's a little too extreme because I honestly really love studying the Bible and talking about it. But it is good advice to make sure that when you are engaging in the word and praying for each other, like just be aware of where you're at. If at 10 o'clock in the car, you're reading the Bible together, like be aware that the more together you are spiritually, physically, it does get a lot harder. So there was a lot of fruit in that advice, but I didn't love the complete advice that they gave. Yeah, because it's kind of like leaving God out of mm-hmm. um, a scenario just because you're afraid of what could potentially yes. happen. Wow. So you would say that reading devotions together is a good thing to do, except for when it's like, like you said, late at night or alone or something like that. Yeah, I would say just be really aware, again, of the time of day you're doing it and like where you're at. Um, And also it just, it depends on the couple and making sure that your faith does not become dependent on that person and making sure that like I still have my faith with the Lord Mm -hmm. and it isn't through him. Um, and that we both love the Lord separately and together. But it's not like I'm always making him have his faith. Like, we still have it very much separately from each other. Yeah. So what's a good spot that you would say is, like, what what's a good spot to have devotions together? Mm. Um, if you want it to be public, like coffee shop or really anywhere where you can just sit down and talk, And another thing is it doesn't have to be just devotions, but it could just be like, hey, what are you learning lately? What is God teaching you? Or like, have you had any revelations lately? And that's really good conversations to incorporate like faith and God into a relationship. Um, But also even being at your house, you could do devotions, but making sure other people are home or you're in an area where people could walk in or out. That's just a really good boundary to have. Hmm. And is there is there any other advice that you thought was really good that was given to you? Mm. There actually is one more. So I had another family member tell me, again before I was dating, um, to always kiss standing up. And I thought it was the weirdest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) And I grew to realize that it's so smart because if you're ever in a situation where you're like sitting down and kissing, like you're in a comfortable position and it can really lead to like a negative outcome. But when you're standing up, that means you're either saying goodnight or you just like you just saw them and you're giving them a kiss or like it sets a really clear boundary between like what your intentions are behind kissing. And it's a good way to just kind of have a distinction of when or where you shouldn't or should kiss. Wow, that's so good. I love that. Next question. If you could start dating all over again, what would you want to change? Mm. So... A lot of these involve um, like the physical aspect of relationship. And I think that's because it's something we've really struggled with, but also overcome in my relationship. Mm -hmm. So if I could start dating again, I think I would stay away from the physical a lot longer and like waiting to kiss longer than I did. And even like because the natural progression of a relationship is just to keep going further and further. That's kind of the way that God has designed it to go. Um, And in dating, you just have to be really careful and not get ahead of yourself. And the physical aspect of relationship was way more powerful than I ever imagined. And so it kind of hit us really hard in the beginning. And we were like, it just took us by surprise and was so powerful. And in trying to then move backward and be less physical, 
is 10 times harder than just to go forward with the physical. So I think if I were to start over and start dating again, I would just save that for later because it's easier if you never even do it than to try and like rein it in. So one would you suggest is a good time to kiss? Because I know you mentioned you started kissing earlier on in your relationship and you wish you wouldn't have. So what would be a good time to kiss? It could be engagement or um, dating, whatever that might be. What do you think is the best time? And how do you refrain from it? Hmm. Okay, so in the relationship I'm in, we did not wait until engagement. And I mean, it really depends on the couple. And I feel like a lot of people say that and it's really frustrating. Yeah. I just, it's different from couple to couple, but it's kind of what you can handle. And we figured out early on that it was not something we had a lot of self-control with. Um, so for me personally, if I could do it again, I think I would wait until engagement. Wow. Just because at that point, you know you're going to get married and you know you're so close to marriage. And it hopefully won't be as hard than... On the other hand, kissing early on and then dating for another two years and having to, like, control yourself during that time. Mm -hmm. But it also depends, like, on, like, each other's boundaries. You kind of always go by whoever has the more conservative boundaries and you respect them. And so if they don't want to kiss till they're engaged, I would say, like, respect that and wait for them. Um, But just really discuss it. And even like how you refrain from it, I would say just the communication and sitting down and saying, hey, like, I don't want to kiss for this certain time. Like, please respect that. And like, if they love the Lord and they want what's best for the relationship, it's going to be super hard. But if you're both committed to not doing it, you'll be able to refrain. It's really hard when one person doesn't want to and the other person is still pushing to kiss. And it's going to be so much harder in that moment to say no than if you both kind of step back and say, we've agreed this is not something we want to do for a set time. Got it. And how I know I've heard a lot of people say, how can you actually get to know your boyfriend or even some would say fiance without kissing them before you're married? How do you get to know them in a deeper level? Because a lot of people has have said that kissing does make you feel a lot more connected and I guess more soul ties. So what what's your uh, opinion on that? So I can say that it definitely makes you feel connected, but that can also be a downfall. Um, in moments of like arguing or trying to work through something, sometimes that would kind of be the temporary solution. It'd be like, hey, we don't really feel emotionally connected right now because we're in a fight, but you know, at least this way we feel connected. And it doesn't really solve the problem. It just kind of makes it go away unresolved. And so in our relationship, we actually took out the physical um, for a long time. And in doing so, we were able to grow so much closer together in other ways. Instead of the physical being the main thing we were focusing on, we then developed a friendship and became so much closer just as friends in a non-physical way, just hanging out and having fun. And I truly got to know him probably 10 times better than I did before when it was all about that physical connection and so and the physical is definitely something that will make you feel connected but and I always worried about before we started getting physical it was like oh what if we're not not compatible but like what if yeah I I don't really feel that with Mm -hmm. him but it's like it's two humans we're gonna feel that way and 
yeah, it was not a problem for us. Wow. And how would you say um, kissing resolved your arguments? What do you mean? Like, can you expand on that a bit more? Mm. So I think there would be times, not even when there's just an argument, but sometimes you just, you're just frustrated at them. And it's just like, okay, you kind of annoy me. And in a way to like move past that, instead of getting to the root of why we're feeling that way, or if it's something we're arguing over, instead of like really sitting down and discussing it, it's just like you want so badly for things to feel like it's back to normal. Mm -hmm. And so instead of working through the issue, it's just like, hey, we feel connected physically in this way. Like you just resort to that and then the problem kind of fades. But the issue is it's never resolved. So it's going to pop up later. And that's when like the problem really gets started because then you have all these issues just building up and you're not working through them. And at some point they're going to like explode. Yeah, I guess it also relates to marriage also Mm -hmm. in the way that some people um, have sex just to resolve their issues Mm -hmm. instead of actually working through it. So by you um, not kissing to resolve these issues, it's a start. It's a good place to begin in order to not fall into that trap when you're married. Yeah. Okay, what does a God-fearing man look like and act? Mm. Okay, so a God-fearing man, he he has so much respect for a woman. And I know it's cliche, but like, God-fearing man just loves so well. And the Bible even talks about like, the greatest of these is love. And he's not going to be perfect. He will never be perfect or even close <laughs> to it. <laughs> but in the imperfections, I think the biggest thing is that they will be humble enough to like realize what they're doing and to repent and to ask forgiveness. That way that they can continue to strive to grow. Because whether you're Christian or not, you're going to sin, you're going to mess up. But the difference is just in the way they handle it. Instead of just always placing the blame on someone else, they're going to be humble enough and to say, hey, I messed up. Please forgive me. And then from there, they will learn what they need to do to fix it. And I think that's the difference between like a God-fearing man and someone who doesn't love the Lord and doesn't have that motivation to like really love others as well. 